unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. As we're recording, it's actually below zero outside in Colorado right now. So I'm freezing, but I'm in a warm, cozy studio. So I'm, I'm, I'm good, and I'm glad to be back on the mic with you. Yeah, well, stay warm. Don't die of frostbite. I'm, I'm glad to be back, too. And um, we're recording this at the you know great freeze of Christmas 2022, but when this is airing, it'll be late January, early February 2023. And so I'd like to say to our listener, you should be well into your New Year's resolutions or goals for the year at this point, or maybe decide it, nah, I'll wait till next year on that stuff. But what I'd like to do is niche down to copywriting. Do you have copywriting goals? I've got five skills or skill sets that are worth improving this year. And I want to give you a peek under the hood. Each one of these can put more power in your copy and more profit in your pocket. They're not flashy, but they are high octane. And I've found that the most successful people in copy and everywhere else never stop improving. So it's worth at least considering these and see if they feel like a fit. Just as I bet you consider this a total fit. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Here are the five skills. You probably have all or most of them already, or at least know about them. The idea is by getting better at any one of them, your copy improves in multiples. I can't wait to tell you about them. So let's start now. Skill number one, research. Top copywriters I know say that research is the key to everything. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say there are at least three kinds of research to know about and get better at. The first one is fact research. This is what most people think about when you say research. Of course, this includes researching the product, and the more granular the research is, the better you can do. But two top copywriters of the past, oh, no, I I would just say two top copywriters of the past I've learned from are Gene Schwartz, Ted Nicholas, and when they were writing an ad for a book, both of them said independently, probably never talked to each other, they would go through the book page by page and write bullets on each page on everything. So they would not only know the content in detail, but they would also know the benefits of the content. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've got a product that's not a book or not some other kind of information, then you can still do something similar. Mentally take the product apart and look at all the pieces. Like with a supplement, for example, look at the ingredients. Look at what goes on in the body when the ingredients start to work. Make a list of the changes in the body 
that the ingredients in the supplement will help create. As with all research, you're going to get way more than you need. Don't try and get away with doing as little of the research as possible. Instead, be thorough. It will pay off in terms of you having valuable information. But more important, you may end up coming up with a killer hook that no one ever thought of before. Now, factual research can also mean getting lots of detail on the guru, the inventor, the founder of the company, or whoever else is the key person in creating and selling the product. Those facts can come in handy later when you're writing. There are other types of research to get better at too, a couple of them. One is emotional research. Remember Mike Pavlish, who was on a few weeks ago and has written blockbuster after blockbuster promotion? A year ago, he was on the podcast talking about sales letters, and he revealed that he has three psychologists on retainer to help him better understand the emotions of his customers. You don't have to go that far. But finding out how people feel about the problem your product will solve Finding that out will pay off. You can look at Reddit or other forums, Amazon comments for similar products. Those can be a goldmine. And if it's a larger company and you have access to the salespeople or the customer service reps, talk to them. Ask them what people say, what they ask about, what they complain about. Mm -hmm. Finding out how people in the market feel is the main goal of emotional research. And then there's situational research. What's going on in the world around you? Your customers live in that world too, more or less. Follow the news, even if you don't like the news. A lot of news stories will be top of mind for your customers. It can affect how the market reacts to different sales approaches. The better a sense of how your customers view the world, the better off you are. So that's the first skill set you want to get better at this year, research, fact research, emotional research, and situational research. I'm going to jump in and, yeah, emotional research. The two best resources that I've found for this is customer reviews on Amazon or on promotional videos on YouTube, just going through the comments section is a great way to find emotional research, both the positive responses and the negative responses. And then emails, customer support emails. If you take on a client and you can get access to their customer support emails, a treasure trove of emotional research right there. So those are, those are my two contributions to this segment. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Emotional research, I think, is the one area where a lot of copywriters could up their game. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. All right, let's jump to skill number two, rewriting. And let's start with a quote from Ernest Hemingway. I mean, why not? What a great writer. They even named an app after him. Mm -hmm. So what I'm about to read for you is from a book he wrote with a helper. It was never published during Hemingway's lifetime. His sister found the manuscript after his death, and I guess she published it or at least made it available. Here's what Hemingway said about rewriting in this book. Don't get discouraged because there's a lot of mechanical work to writing. There is, and you can't get out of it. I rewrote the first part of A Farewell to Arms at least 50 times. You've got to work it over. And this next part is especially relevant to copywriters. The first draft of 
anything is shit. When you first start to write, you get all the kick and the reader gets none. After you learn to work, it's not your object to convey something to the reader. What he says is, your job is to convey everything to the reader so he remembers it not as a story that he has read, but as something that happened to him himself. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Everyone quotes Hemingway on the shit part. But I think the change in emphasis from something that turns you on to something that really turns your reader on and actually they own it and then they think it happened to them, that's what's important for copywriters. Like, first, write for you or for your client. Unfortunately, a lot of ads stop there, especially the ads you see in TV. They just, you know, they're just patting the client on the head, on the shoulder. But a rewrite, helps you turn around and focus on your prospect. That's a major insight. The key thing about rewriting is don't do it right away. Try saying, don't rewrite right away five times fast. (laughs) After you rewrite, take a break. Sleep on it if you can. And be willing to rewrite more than once. Sometimes the first draft is more of a discovery than actual good copy. And that's okay. It's more than okay as long as you accept that you're probably going to rewrite it and it doesn't have to be anywhere near perfect on your first go round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of my clients, I'm actually writing for sales pages online or emails or something like that. A great thing. I like to turn stuff in two or three days before it actually goes live and then give it a day or two and then go back and reread it in the draft form. So on the sales page rather than just in my word document. Mm. And for some reason, I always catch more stuff that way. Once it's up on the sales page in draft mode, I can go through and I see it in the context and then I'm able to pick out, Oh, that doesn't quite work. I'm going to switch this. I'm going to massage this a little bit. I'm going to cut this a little bit. So if you have the opportunity to see it in its what it's going to look like on the direct response letter or on the sales page or something like that. Give it, turn it in a couple days beforehand, give it a day or two to kind of percolate in your mind, go back and look at it with fresh eyes in the context that the reader is going to see it. And you'll see all kinds of stuff where you can make little improvements here or there. And those little improvements start to add up. That's really good advice. And it's like suddenly it gets real. When, yep. when it's on the sales page and, mm-hmm. and then you look at it differently. That's great. Hey, let me ask you something. How would you like a complete copywriting course packed into a $10 Kindle book? Yeah? Then let me invite you to try Breakthrough Copywriting. It's only $10 and it's available now on Amazon as a Kindle. Breakthrough Copywriting was originally a $5,000 live seminar I held in Las Vegas. People flew in from all over the world to attend Breakthrough Copywriting. This Kindle book by the same name is a complete version of my four presentations at the seminar. If you would like to dig into copywriting basics or refresh the knowledge you already have, then you'll really like Breakthrough Copywriting. A-listers like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman, and Bob Bly give this book an A+, and you can read the reviews right on the Amazon site. This episode of the Copywriters Podcast is sponsored by Breakthrough Copywriting. Check this book out at Amazon.com today. And now, back to the Copywriters Podcast program, already in progress. Third skill, metaphors. So we were so fortunate to have the queen of metaphors, Ann Miller, 
on the show a few weeks ago. And Anne has a terrific book that you really must get and read, The Tall Lady with the Iceberg. And, you know, there are other people who know and write about metaphors, but no one has the deep and yet practical understanding of metaphors in the sales environment like Anne, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so how do you improve your skill with metaphors? The first answer is just start using them. But there may be an answer before that. Really get clear on what metaphors are. They are a comparison. So a metaphor could be a simile, could be an analogy, could be a this. Could, it's something compared to something else mm-hmm. in the sense that Anne uses them. Not in the sense that, you know, the Chicago manual, forget the Chicago manual style. We're writing copy, okay? <laughs> so they're a comparison. And Nathan, you gave a great example of a hip hop artist metaphor on a show. My flow is like lava. Now, that's not a literal statement, or the poor guy would be burned to a crisp. (laughs) Actual molten lava is between 1,300 and 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a figurative comparison. But everyone in the world of rap knows what he's saying. That stuff is hot, that he's great, one of the best. Once you have a clear idea of what metaphors are, as Anne describes them, there are three chapters at the end of her book that tell you how to get better at coming up with them. She says she does these three things herself. First one, observe and connect. Pay attention. Start thinking differently, at least some of the time. Next time you have a triple espresso, try saying yourself, this stuff is like rocket fuel. Of course, it's not really, but that's a great start. Boom, you've come up with the metaphor. You made a connection between coffee and rocket fuel. Good start. The second thing Anne suggests is travel to other worlds. This, of course, is metaphorical. You don't need to physically go to Mars to take this step. The travel she's talking about is mental. Do some exercises. A quick example from the book is find different ways from different worlds to communicate the concept of speed in a metaphor. So let's take the world of Wall Street, as fast as electronic funds transfer from the world of music, as fast as Flight of the Bumblebee. I don't know this music very well, but I saw a YouTube video of a kid who's clearly a keyboard genius playing some of this piece at 340 beats per minute, which is about three times as fast as most songs. And from the world of nature, nature, and from the world of nature, a metaphor for speed and suggests is like a hummingbird's heartbeat. Practice makes it easier to come up with metaphors, but you can get some hidden support. And suggests the metaphor version of a swipe file. Copywriters have swipe files where they have great pieces of copy that they put in a file to refer to. Anyway, this is the third thing you can do. And and the way Anne describes it, she says, become a clipper. She says she has an extensive filing system she looks to fill with great quotes that can be used as metaphorical tools later on. For example, this quote, when a dramatist places a gun on the table in the first act, the astute playgoer knows that the weapon will be used before the drama ends. As a side note, This idea is known as Chekhov's gun, and it's from the renowned Russian playwright Anton Chekhov. 
And Hemingway mocked the idea in his essay, The Art of the Short Story. So not everyone in literature agrees with the principle. It doesn't matter. It's a powerful quote. Anne said in her book that she collected this quote in her files because someday it might help her persuade a client who is stalling to take action now. <laughs> I wonder if there's the innuendo that I'm going to pull a gun on you if you don't. I don't know. I don't think she meant that. <laughs> anyway, be a clipper. Collect metaphors you run across and ideas you can use as metaphors. So any more on metaphors? Yeah, the only thing that I can add to that is when to use metaphors. I almost exclusively use metaphors when I'm trying to convey an idea that is outside of the reader's potential knowledge gap. So if they're, if it's something that's hard to understand and I can make it easier to understand by comparing it to something that they already understand. So if I have something that is too revolutionary, too new, too outside of normie purview, tying it to something that they will understand with a metaphor always makes it to where they have that aha moment in the middle of their copy. So they're not confused anymore. So that's when I generally use metaphors. Okay. That's good. I think that's probably the best way to use them. There, there are other ways though. I mean, it, even when an idea is familiar, metaphor can shorten the amount of time it takes to understand something. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, talk about skill number four, to go beyond swiping. So we have this thing we do in copywriting called swiping, and it's based on the idea that it's hard to find copy that works. And when you do, it's safer bet to modify it slightly than try something new. Keyword here, modify. There are some copywriters and companies who will go ferociously after people, I mean, legally, who steal their copy and make a few surface changes to it. Plagiarism isn't cool and it's illegal. And there are apps like Copyscape that comb the whole web to find similarities between an original piece of copy and a slight modification. Now, to be sure, you can take a headline and substitute a few words. Sometimes it's okay and other times it's perilously close to plagiarism. So it's always a good idea to go beyond substituting a few words. So, And Gene Schwartz, from Breakthrough Advertising says word substitution is the term to use to describe this for headlines. He talks about three levels of creativity in chapter five. And he says word substitution for a copywriter is the lowest form of creativity. And I agree. Let's talk about the next level of creativity, according to Gene, and that's by using formulas. He says here a copywriter has memorized a list of rules and principles and he tries to pour his headline into them like he'd pour hot lead into a mold. Now, that's an interesting metaphor because at the time Gene wrote Breakthrough Advertising, all type was set with hot lead or preformed metal pieces of type way back before computers and desktop publishing. Anyway, you can probably come up with a better headline that way and just sort of keeping the rules in mind and, you know, trying to write something that fits in the rules. But there is a better way, a higher level still. And Gene says, the idea for an ad or a headline demands its own shape. It cannot be fitted into someone else's solution. The problem defies a formula. 
and the third analytical approach with no answers, only guideposts and questions, offers the only way. Now, he admits this way is anything but easy or quick. And look, let's get real. I mean, Nathan, I don't want to share too much of your work life, but we were talking before, you know, offline before the show started. And sometimes you don't have weeks to work on one ad. Sometimes you have to do a lot more, a lot faster, right? And true for lots of other people, everyone I know who's writing copy right now, everyone's like that. So you're not always going to be able to do this. And it's anything but quick. And you're not always going to be doing this unless you have the luxury of time, days, even weeks, just to come up with your headline or lead. And worse still, what you come up with will be so specific and unique to particular promotion, you can only use it once. Mm -hmm. But flip side, the end of America, (laughs) right? Once you come up with something really good, it can take your promotion into the seven figures and beyond. That's real. It's not guaranteed, but it's possible. And it would be worth working towards that skill this year in case you luck out and have enough time to use it. So I read this book one time. I can't remember who wrote it, but I use it all the time when I am looking for swipes, especially for headlines. It's called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. Oh, yeah. I wrote it. (laughs) David Garfinkel. One of my favorite books, actually, when it comes to just the philosophy of a good swipe and understanding how to take something that somebody did write and make it your own. That book is phenomenal. It's still one of my top five copywriting books. So if you're interested in improving your swipe abilities, I would highly recommend go out and get a copy of advertising headlines that make you rich. Yeah, please do. And even though it's lower level swiping, it's really high quality, lower level creativity. Yeah, really high quality. Okay, skill number five, get better at identifying and writing to your prospects level of market awareness. So this is another of the many gems from Gene Schwartz's book, Breakthrough Advertising. And here are the five stages of customer awareness in a nutshell. Stage one, ready to buy your product. Stage two, has heard about your product, but doesn't want it yet. Stage three, wants a product that doesn't, that does what yours does, but doesn't want yours, or maybe doesn't even know about yours. Stage four, has a need, but doesn't see any connection between his need and your product, or her need and your product. And five, complete unawareness. Don't know. Now, This chapter in Breakthrough Advertising is really a complete course in market segmentation and how to get the most sales out of each segment. You know, going through it thoroughly is more than we have time here. I did a one-hour presentation on this for Agora Financial a while ago, just based on their product specifically and or their product line, their products and in their market. But We can make a few points. When the market is in stage five, which is complete unawareness, you don't start with the product. You start by pulling the market together with common themes and feelings that your market can identify with. That's unawareness. And at the other end of the scale, stage one, when they already know about the product and ready to buy, 
What do you do to push them off the fence? There are a couple things to make note of first. Your customer already knows what the product is, knows what it does. And because they are ready to buy, you probably need a price or a value incentive to get them off the fence. So if it's a standard retail item, you can offer a discount and watch the orders come pouring in. If it's an info product, you can offer a discount, but there's another way you can go too. You can add some free bonuses that have both perceived and real value. Both tactics should be time limited to create urgency, of course. Now, personally, I've been studying this chapter and the rest of the book for nearly 20 years. There are layers and layers and layers, but even understanding the top layer will improve your profits. So obviously, uh, the best thing to do is buy the book. Once you've been writing copy for a little while, it's, it's terrible if you've never written copy, but once you have a little experience, it's great. Buy the book and start reading it. And like scientific advertising, it's worth reading way more than once. I, I have a little more, but what do you think about that? I'm just going to add two things real quick. Brian Kurtz has made the book available again. So if you want to check it out, you can get it through him and worth every penny. Second thing is today with technology that Eugene Schwartz didn't have, we have the ability to know where people are at. Have they visited your website? That tells you where they're at. Are they fans of your Instagram page? That tells you where they're at. Are they just people who follow other people in your industry, then that tells you, are they on your email list? Are they on the buyer segment of your email list or just the lead segment of your email list? So understanding this and then knowing where they're at and which type of copy to write to them based off of where they're at, we have the ability to leverage what Eugene Schwartz was tapping into so much better these days that it's one of those things that as a modern marketer and copywriter, I think we take for granted, but Just knowing this and then knowing how to use modern tools to leverage it it can make all the difference in the world. I I agree. Really good point. Never thought of that or heard it before. And rewind rewind the tape and listen to what Nathan just said. It's really important. All right. So we're going to put links to buy Breakthrough Advertising and to buy Ann Miller's book on metaphors, The Tall Lady with the Iceberg, in the show notes. And I, I just want to say one more thing. If one or more of these skills appeals to you, and I hope all five appeal to you, and you've already decided to improve the skill or skills, don't dive into all of them all at once. Better to do one at a time, maybe one for a week, or maybe one for two weeks, or maybe one for a month, and then go to another one. So pick a period of time, and then... Here's the thing. Do something every day to improve the skills. It doesn't have to be major. It just has to be intentional and focused. And stick with it for at least a week and and just keep doing this, and you'll have some impressive breakthroughs in 2023. So that's all I got to say. That's it. I think this was a fantastic episode and a great – you started it off by saying this is for people that are – having maybe a new year's resolution to improve their sales copy. These five tips will definitely drastically improve your sales copy by leaps and bounds. So thank you so much for putting this episode together, David. I appreciate it. And if you, the listener want to check out more, make sure that you're subscribed over at copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. 
Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network. 